everyone and welcome. Very special guest all the way from the West Coast, LA. Um, introduce yourself, tell us. <laughs> okay, that's an easy one. Hi everyone, my name is Dr. Jale Boyd Phillips. I um, identify as a sociologist and an intuitive healer um, and as a humanist and as a joy seeker and a justice seeker. Um, I uh, spent many years as a slavery scholar, um, primarily focused on modern slavery or human trafficking. And about two years ago, I retired from that work and began my journey into becoming a, a healing practitioner. And I started with um, Yoni Steaming. It was actually like a very easy bridge into the healing work because I had, you know, at that time, so many clients and so many friends who were trafficking survivors. And I um, had definitely used Yoni Steaming to heal myself from various types of trauma. So um, I was just offering it casually, you know, to my friends and clients. And so it was easy just to make it a business, you know. Tell us a, um, a little more about this steaming, this specific type. Okay. So you mean like what it is or do you mean like like the basics? The, okay. The, yeah. <laughs> so yoni steaming is the practice of um, using steam, like just using hot, <laughs> the steam from hot water. Um and sort of sitting or kneeling over a bowl or a pot with hot water and allowing that steam to uh, focus on the pelvis and to warm and to uh, help circulate and to draw out toxins and impurities from all of the pelvic organs, including the vulva, uh, the vaginal canal, the bladder, the womb, the intestines, um, the anus, and of course, like the lymph nodes that sort of line the joint um, between the hip and thigh. So, um, yeah, I started doing that. That's really all you need is hot water. Uh, and this practice is done all across the world. Women from cultures literally in every part of this planet have done this for centuries. Um, it really is very similar to going in the sauna and sweating out, you know, it's just that the sauna is focused on your pelvis. Um, and it's also similar to, you know, if you sometimes if you have a, some congestion in your nose or in your sinuses and you have a nice hot cup of tea, just taking a, a deep breath in to sort of like loosen up that congestion and clear it out. It's very similar. So just like with tea and just like with the sauna, you can also add herbs to that water to assist in healing. Eucalyptus is great. Peppermint is great. You know, roses, uh, citrus peel, all of these things have wonderful, gentle healing properties uh, that sort of will assist in rebalancing whatever is ailing those organs. It's a really, it's interesting because I, um, I had a baby about six months ago and Congratulations. Thank, you, thank you. And, um, someone, uh, one of my girlfriends mentioned something to just very vaguely when I was maybe like eight, seven or eight months pregnant that she has a friend who makes herbal, um, steam remedies, like the herbs that you could kind of mix to help with it for postnatal. 
Yeah. And I, there was, I never followed up. I never heard anything else. And then your page popped up and I was like, whoa, what is this? Because <laughs> they're like the chair and I don't, it's the brand. It's one of your sponsors. It's a girlfriend of yours. I don't. It's it's my own brand. Yo -Yo oh, it's yours. Okay. It's my own brand. Yeah. And you got you also create the chairs and this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. I designed that chair myself. Amazing. I build them myself. I mix the herbs myself. Everything. Um, mm -hmm. Wow. So they're them. beautiful. I, mean, I don't make the same pots myself. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered. And that's it. And I don't create water myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you create the steam from the water. Um, it's, but they're, they're absolutely gorgeous and you create, you have a few different what, types of woods that you use. Um, and there are the ones that are also, um, it could be like a little table. It doesn't like it's transformative. Mm -hmm. It's so sleek. It's really, really awesome. And I feel like next time around, and I should probably do it sooner than later is actually get into it because no, it's you can do it now, Ariel. You can do it now. Six months is not very long postpartum, it's just not like, and there are still things that need to be set right. Like, you still have some ligaments that are loose, I'm mm -hmm. sure. You still have, um, you know, just little ways you're still recovering. I mean, by six months, hopefully, you're not still dealing with getting your uterus back underneath the pubic bone and back to its normal size and mm -hmm. position. But sometimes still at six months, you are dealing with things like hemorrhoids, things like um, uh, some swelling and just leftover stuff from the tears mm -hmm. uh, on the vulva and in the vagina. Um, sometimes you're still dealing with constipation as you're organs sort of drift back into place. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're, if you're breastfeeding, still dealing with issues around like lactating enough mm -hmm. and having enough blood for your body and for the milk, you know, like there's all kinds of things that steam can still help you with. I'm talking about 10 years down the line, wow. 10 years postpartum. It still helps to, you know, heal any prolapse that the yeah. bladder is dealing with, heal any prolapse that any of those other pelvic organs are dealing with. Um, and just sort of rebalance the relationship between all those organs in the pelvis and how they relate to each other. I want, do you know of any men that do this? That I, offer steams or that steam themselves? That steam themselves. Because I know this, I'm specifically targeting women and I don't know, I'm assuming you are as well, but I feel like men also could greatly benefit from it. I have a unisex chair. So my happy moon chair is for women. The design is for women. Uh, the full circle chair is a unisex chair. My husband steams. I have plenty of male clients. My yeah. father steams. Nice. You know. Yeah. That's um, great um, to know. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, very curious about the sex trafficking um, stuff that you did. I don't even know if you want to go back there and talk about it, but that's very interesting. We don't have to. Um, <laughs> I closed the book on that like, of my life for a very important reason. I mean, I, I, I'm willing to answer maybe one or two questions, but I really, no, we don't have to, we'll just, that, that work really kills Keep me. going forward. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, so the chairs are gorgeous and beautiful. Um, and they, you. you have a few different options to choose from. I'm definitely going to look into those, um, because the other thing that's very common that I'm learning a lot about because I'm talking with a lot of uh, pelvic floor physical therapists and midwives and this type of stuff where there's so much um, 
there's just so much going on down there. And women just, they think it's normal and it's not. Or either they think it's normal or they think it's not. But either way, they're discouraged from seeking community around it, asking questions about it, and uh, deciding that they deserve better. Like, yeah, because there's so many women that are like, oh, yeah, every time I sneeze, I pee now, too, since I had my kid. Like, that doesn't have to be the way it is. A little steam can fix that right up, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, so <laughs> it's I just didn't... not necessary. It's totally not necessary. I didn't realize, and I'm happy that you are so familiar with the vagina. Like I knew, like I, you know, I knew that you were, but you really know the vagina. So I'm happy about that. Um, which this is crazy. So I, after I had my, and I have, I don't think I told anyone this after I had my little one, I was taking a shower and this was the week, probably the week that I, the first week that I was home and I'm like, you know, cleaning, whatever. And I felt something coming out like on my vagina and I thought that it, I didn't know because there's stuff that just comes out. No one tells you like, you know, you're putting the ice pads on, you're dealing with the perennial, perennial foam and wipes and, and no one ever says, well, things might still come out aside from blood, like blood. Okay, fine. But it was literally, this is crazy. It was, um, I think it was part of the bag, the placenta, because it was almost like a popped balloon. Like, you know, when a balloon pops, it spirals up. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. it was probably a foot long. And it was just yeah. like a, and it was, I remember just being like, what, what color was it? Um, like, um, exactly the color of when the baby comes out, like that purpley kind of, okay. okay. like I, it wasn't yeah. skin, but it's like, um, and I never it's heard. tissue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's tissue. It's really important. I mean, there's generally the leftover matter that's in the womb after childbirth is often referred to as lochia. But that does sound like it, there was like part of the placenta that didn't make its way out. And that's yeah. so dangerous. You yeah, know? it's crazy. Like, and we just, this just takes me back to we all deserve better health care. Like, if you go back to... J. Marion Sims, the father of modern gynecology, and the fact that he had zero respect for the feminine form, zero respect for any of the female reproductive organs, and when it comes down to it, it was honestly a serial killer, then you start to understand why all of the ways of gynecological care really don't serve women. They really sort of suppose that the masculine form is the default and that women, the feminine form is like a mutation on the masculine form. So anything that isn't in the men's body can just be cut out. Like it's disposable, that we're disposable. Like it's just kind of, it's grotesque. It's terrible. There's, um, I don't know how into like numbers and statistics, like actual data, data. I'm sure you're into it. Um, but there was, what you are. Yes, I'm a PhD sociologist. Oh, so yeah, exactly. We should yeah. have, yeah. I love data. Yeah, exactly. That's like, first and foremost, here we are. Um, so there, you would actually probably really, really love her. Um, I interviewed her a few weeks back, maybe a couple months back, and she's a midwife in Australia, and she's all data-based. Uh, statistics also has her PhD, but she, um, she tries to... Um, basically she went into saying why obstetrics, um, it only, when it came around was very recently 
and it's basically all about the money. And pre that, um, the numbers have just drastically changed with the amount of deaths and the amount of cesarean sections and all of these types of things that are completely unnatural and how they basically make women believe that they're the saviors because they, and it's, it was such, a, I, and I feel like this is going to be a very similar talk of just like pure enlightenment for women because, you know, they really brainwash us to think if you're not in a hospital and it gives me goosebumps because it, it makes me so fired up. If you're not in a hospital, you're unsafe. And it's not true. They're the ones who, you know, they give you this, they give you that. And they're the ones that, you know, make the baby's heart rate drop. And then they have to do this and they do that. Oh, and then you save the baby. You sit, but it was their, they caused this. It's like Munchausen syndrome, but for an institution. Yeah. <laughs> Instead it, of an individual. As soon as it became institutionalized, that's, and they created the institution because it's a money making, it's a huge money making for them. It's so sad. Yeah. It's, I mean, but it is not surprising in, in American society, like everything here is capitalized and institutionalized. But I mean, thank goodness that, you know, we have these marginalized communities who have been kept away from accessing proper health care and have had to find a way on their own because these are the communities that have kept alive herbal healing, vaginal steaming, mm -hmm. midwifery, you know, the kinds of things that allow for actual, like, connection with our um, innate abilities to heal ourselves um, and that encourage us to be connected to our bodies and to understand what our bodies are telling us rather than thinking of everything as dis-ease. We can start thinking of it as, oh, my body's just trying to communicate something to me. Let me listen and give it what it needs. Yeah, it's... So, I should just tell you, I put in the chat for you a link to a study that I did with three other really brilliant women, including Kelly Garza, who's my cousin and the founder of Steamy Chick. Okay. Which is, are you familiar with Steamy Chick? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I don't, okay. I thought, yeah, it's, are, did you, I was thinking that you guys did um, the, um, the steamers together, but it's yours. That's, I think, what it was yeah. in my head. Okay. Yeah. So Kelly, Kelly used to build and sell steam chairs. She got out of the business and just opened up a sauna marketplace on her website so that anybody who makes steam chairs can sell them there. Got it. Got it. Got it. So I do sell my chairs on her site, but then I have my own site where it's just my stuff, just my got chairs it. and my classes and my readings and all that. Cool. Um, uh, and so your site, study, will you just say it real quick so I can put a link here for people? Say which one? Your website. Your site. JaleBoydPhillips.com. Okay, so I'll just add a link so they can click, check it out because there's a lot of good stuff, including which I Thank want you, you to tell us about is Dream um, and all the things within that because um, as we, I don't know if I was recording or not when we were talking about this, but about you being a truly a healer um, and this is has so many facets to that and I think that it goes back to being in touch with what's happening now and everything is overstimulation, constant stimulation, and being able to just rein it in is important. Yes. So before we go into that, I do just want to mention the study. Oh, sorry. That I put in there. <laughs> um, so uh, me, Kelly Garza, 
Uh, Kimberly Johnson, who wrote the fourth trimester. I don't know if you're familiar with her work. She's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, Raquel Lemus, who is a really talented midwife um, and just sort of like reproductive health extraordinaire uh, and a certified uh, nurse midwife here in Los Angeles. The four of us worked together on this study. Oh, I'm sorry. The four of us worked together on this study that um, sort of uh, tracked uh, women who had just given postpartum women. And there were half of the group that steamed every day for five days and half of the group didn't. And we tracked their postpartum sort of um, healing and recovery to see the differences between those that steamed and those that didn't. And the results are just really interesting and really wonderful. And that study is the basis for the podcast that I have. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah. That now it all makes it's together and it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm very excited to look at that one more often. Mm-hmm. Cool. And episodes one, two, and three are interviewing Kelly and then Kimberly and then Raquel. Ah. So you get the whole story you know, of the study and how it works. Nice. And then we have other illustrious guests. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the June school. So, um, at, when I was about, uh, maybe a year, yeah, maybe a year into, um, like offering Yoni schemes as a business, you know, I had incorporated and I had turned you know one of part of our house into a little spot I was taking clients in our house and all that stuff um about a year into doing that I started being able to talk to my clients internal organs like in the when I'd be doing intake and I'd be going through the form and asking them well you know, what's going on with this and how long, many days are your cycles and do you ever deal with hot flashes and night sweats or whatever. Yeah. Um, the client would be answering me, you know, with words, but then I also would be receiving information from their liver or their kidneys or their <laughs> womb itself or their ovaries. And they'd just be like, uh, just, you know, <laughs> she, she's not getting enough sleep. So here's what's happening to me when it's time for a period. You know, like they would just be showing me like, yeah, look how we're this. I'm the liver and these are the different lobes. This lobe is not working at all. So she has this backup of toxic toxins that's overheating her body. So her, her menses is looking like this, you know, like they were just yeah. explaining it all to me. Um, and of course, at first I was terrified that maybe I was becoming schizophrenic or like, I just, I didn't know what to think of it. I was like very disoriented by it. Um, but a part of me would just be like, by chance, do you deal with like other excess heat issues? Like, do you have rashes or blisters or, you know, and they'd be like, yes, I have this weird rash. And I'd be like, okay. And add some like liver tonic herbs into their steam herbs, you know? Um, and I just found that my clients just were healing up so quickly. Like I was just getting such quick and decisive results with them, which was very, um, confirming. So I stopped being afraid of it. I started listening to it. Um, and then I didn't like 
offer it. Like I wasn't like, and then I'm going to talk to your organs. It was like a little secret. If I felt comfortable with the client, then I'd be like, I have a message for you from your spleen. Would you like to receive it? Um, so then in January of 2019, was that 2019 <laughs> or maybe 2020? And I mean, I'm sorry, 2018. Um, I went to my best friend's birthday party and one of my other friends there was complaining that she was worried that her spleen, that there was something wrong with it. And she was like, the doctors looked at it and he said, it's fine, but I just feel like something's wrong, you know? And I was just like, okay, um, you know, I can talk to it if you want me to. And she was like, you can what? So <laughs> I had a little conversation with her spleen and the explanation her spleen gave her really calmed her and made her feel like she understood and she didn't yeah. need to be afraid anymore. Um, and it really was just an emotional issue. <laughs> you know, like there was nothing physically wrong with her. So the doctors were right in that case. And I was like, don't tell anybody because I don't really know what this is. But she was like, hey, everybody, <laughs> Charlie's out here talking to organs. So I just sort of like ended up talking to most of the girls' organs there on the trip. Um, but then my best friend, I was just like, Tatiana, do you want me to talk to your organs? And she was like, no. <laughs> And we're going to have a talk on the ride home about this. So, <laughs> so we were like out in the desert. So as we're heading back to LA, she was like, okay, now what magic is this that you have that you just given away for free? And yeah. I was just like, oh, I guess that's true. You know? <laughs> so the next day she just sat me down and she had me just go through sort of all the things that I could do. Like I could talk to her chakras and manipulate them. And I could talk to her organs and give her messages. And then there were two of her ancestors that sort of appeared to me and also uh, had messages for her. So at the end of that, she was like, okay, here's the program. You offer one hour sessions. You do exactly that. First you talk to the organs, then you talk to the chakras, then you talk to, you know, the ancestors. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to start out just doing this among our little friend group for donation. So you can figure out like how you want to do it. And then come February 1st, you have a website, you have a price list, you're in business. Wow. And that's kind of how I started. That's so cool though. It's, I think that typically when things become, when they begin so organically, it's like a, it's like a no brainer. Like, of course you should be doing this. This is why you were he put here to do this. It's true. Yeah. There's, I mean, I've had lots of different, jobs you know throughout my life and I really can be good at anything I try but this is the first thing that's been effortless and joyful like it's the first time that I'm like I talk to ghosts on the phone and that's my job and it's so great like I'm just so happy like being in your purpose honestly there's nothing like it well and it seems like now for whatever maybe it's may I don't I it seems like it's the the time that we're in the era that a lot of people don't understand their purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to figure it out. Yes and no. Um, I think that it's hard to figure it out if you believe, if you're still running like narratives that are irrelevant to you. Correct. Through your belief system, if you believe that it's your duty to conform, mm -hmm. you know, and if you believe that the only way to be acceptable or lovable 
or valuable is to do what society tells you to do, which includes whatever, like getting college degrees and then getting a corporate job and then getting married and having 2.5 kids or whatever. Um, If you think that that's the way to do it, yeah, it's then tough. it's going to be hard to find your purpose unless your purpose lies in that very, very like right. And it's different for everyone. Everyone, it's different for everyone. I got all the degrees, you know, like I did all this stuff, and I was miserable. It yeah. brought me like it was destroying me completely. So um, I think that understanding your mission really has to do with reconnecting completely and authentically with your joy. Mm-hmm. and with what you love and if you've gotten separated from what you authentically you not anyone else what you love and what you love to do and what brings you unbridled joy then the path becomes very clear yeah it does. no you're absolutely right i think that it's um it's such a weird time like i see it with my you know, my younger family, like nieces, nephews, little siblings, whatever. And even, you know, younger kids that I see around here because there's so much, um, it's so easy to get sucked into the stimulation of social media and what this person's doing, what that person's doing. And, you know, I want to be whatever, an influencer or whatever it is. It's, you know, and it's like, okay, if that's what you want to do, then that's fine. But it doesn't just happen. But nothing just happens. It's, you know, you have to be persistent and consistent and really put that work in. Even if you love it, it's still putting the time in. To be fair, there are very important phases, right, that we go through. And I think, you know, I have nieces and nephews that are, like, in their 20s now. And so, you know, like, we get to do grown-up stuff together. Um so I talk to them a lot about their careers and I do my best to guide them in the careers. And when I was that age, I could not keep still. I was like, okay, now I'm doing this. Okay. I'm going to move across the globe and do this. Okay. I'm going to change and do this. Okay. No, I'm serious. I'm going to do this. And at the time I thought there was something maybe a little bit wrong with me that I couldn't commit, but I understand now that I was in simply, I was in my gathering phase. Mm -hmm. I had lots of different types of information I needed to gather to make myself whole. And that's fine. Well, and it led you to this. Yeah. That's it. But I also just don't want, I mean, my grandfather, when I was um, getting ready to start undergrad, I was just like, I don't know what to major in. I'm really good at this. I'm really good at that. And he was just like, uh, or I, I might do a career in this or that. And he was just like, you're going to have so many lives within this life. It really doesn't matter what you do in undergrad. It doesn't. True. You're going to get a degree in one thing. You'll do that work for a little bit. You'll get another degree. You'll do that work for a little. He was like, just do what's going to be fun, what you can easily get good grades in because college isn't really about the school. It's about the partying, you know, but you want to keep your grades up. So just do what's fun. So I majored in English. <laughs> well, it's true. And, you know, I, for me, my school, cause I, I bounced around a lot and it just seemed like it wasn't about the education. It was more about the people you met, like how the, you know, your professors, your friends or whatever it was, the connections you made and, you know, learning that in that way, which for me, I'm very much of a, 
let's talk, let's chat. So obviously this is why somehow I landed on this and I, it's the, the most happy that I've been because I think that being one postpartum, there is, thankfully I haven't experienced it because I started this and um, thankfully I've got a pretty good network, but like the baby blues and the depression and all that, when you're in COVID, you're just locked up. There are not babe mommy and me groups. Like that stuff doesn't exist now. So like this came for me at perfect timing because I'm able to just, you know, talk and have adult talk with you and other women who, you know, constantly are stimulating and can ask questions and really turn it into good chat rather than just constant baby talk all day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. It's so lucky that when this particular plague came around, or pandemic came around, that we had other ways of staying in communication. Definitely. And maintaining community. Yeah. Um, so speaking of community, I know that you also have um, the maternal health um, care fund. Yeah. Oh, so um, yeah, my other cousin, Kelly Garza's twin sister, Colleen, uh, started um, kind of like a group of healers, like a bunch of us sort of came into our power very recently. Good. Yeah. Kelly, Kelly really was the first. Um, so she just sort of gathered a bunch of us together into a group called um, the Sugar Heal Gang. And, you know, like we just refer clients to each other and we do pop-up healing events and we do, um, we have the Black Paternal Healthcare Fund. We partner with other organizations that are doing great work around caring for moms, black and brown moms. So um, the Black Maternal Healthcare Fund started because one of our mutual friends uh, recently became pregnant and she just was, you know, trying to find what her resources were and there were so few. Mm -hmm. Everywhere she went, she was getting bad advice from doctors, she was getting bad advice from you know, Medicare and Medicaid, bad advice from, you know, like we were just like, they said what to you? Like, no, forget that. We'll take care of you. Like between Raquel, yeah. Colleen, Colleen does um, acuvibrational therapy oh. with like, you know, tuning forks and stuff. So between those two and me, I was like, we, we can you. do, you know. <laughs> But also we had to sit down and confront the fact that like we're already women of color already underpaid and we already are sort of tasked with carrying society on our backs, mm -hmm. right? We're already tasked with being everything to everyone, um, not getting paid what we're worth, wearing ourselves out, not caring for ourselves. So we were just like, this wouldn't be sustainable if it were more than, you know, this one friend, we wouldn't be able to care for ourselves, you know? So, um, that's sort of how the fun started. We just tapped our other friends that are moms and we were like, is anyone willing to give $5 a month, you know, towards this? Is anyone willing to sponsor a fundraiser for us? And we've been able to really gather together a wonderful circle of women who are just interested in making sure that women get cared for. And we have ongoing donations coming in. We have fundraisers a couple times a year um, and we're able to offer for free these services, these maternal services that we have. So if you go on sugarheelgang.com, if you want to include that, I will. Too. 
if you go in there, you can see all of the all of us that are in the Sugar Hill Gang and what sort of healing services we offer. And then there's a page just for maternal health care. Mm. And you can see all the maternal health care services that we offer. And you can sort of pick and choose which ones you want. And then at the bottom of that page is a link to the Black Maternal Health Care Fund. You know, if any of the viewers would like to become donors, you can always use a little more money because there's so many moms and so little time. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, it's a serious, it's a serious like community that's totally under not like no one tells you anything so it's, true. it's like and i like i'm now six months postpartum and i've you know get i get bills and this and that in the mail from the hospital and it's like the other day i got a bill for twenty eight thousand dollars i'm like are you shitting me like who who do you think i am like and I have insurance. It's insane. And that's just one. And I'm like, so I can't even imagine if you don't have insurance or, you know, because, and the other thing that's crazy is, and I don't, this is something that I think will be helpful for women just in general. So I had, um, being in the, I was in the fitness industry uh, for almost 10 years and here in New York city and most fitness people, don't have insurance and it's the craziest thing because you know you're in health and wellness it's completely ironic it's a completely but you're independent contractors mostly yeah exactly it's complete trash it's like why on earth like it doesn't make sense because a lot of people are just you know they put themselves out there and do something to help people and then they can't even take care of themselves so i had insurance that was like a basic basic kind and thankfully i don't have any you know pre-existing conditions as soon as I thought that I might be pregnant, I got on an insurance. Like before I took any anything and I got on an insurance and I, want, I said, um, I called a few different places and they said, yes, uh, if you become pregnant, we'll cover you, blah, blah, blah. So long story short, fast forward a few months, I then finally, like I didn't even officially accept that I was pregnant until I was like almost three months pregnant. Because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to take the test. I didn't want to go to the doctor. I didn't want to do any of the crap because it's just money. And I know that I'm fine. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to keep doing whatever I'm doing and keep going. Yeah. So then they were saying that the insurance I had wasn't maternity, like wasn't maternity coverage. And I made sure, and I, I was on the phone. I can't even tell you for how many hours saying, you guys said this was a recorded line. I can tell you the exact day, the exact time that I called. I want you to go back in the records and check because I like checked with a representative I was, was speaking with. And it's the craziest thing because hours spent. So finally they said, oh yeah, fine. Like, you know, the sonogram and the ultrasound and this and that, blah, blah, blah. It will be covered or, you know, partially covered, but it's crazy how they try to negate it and say, no, no, what? You never said that. So it's like, I can't imagine having another kid like at home or, you know, having something else consuming my time because it, it took, it probably ended up being days in the matter of the total hours accumulated of me arguing on the phone with these people. So you really have to set time aside and make sure that you're doing, you know, you're on top of it. It's insane. So women out there, make sure that you 
are on that because it's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's interesting. There's even when it comes to the business of birth, there is it's almost like once you become present, you as a woman cease to become human. You become only a vessel for this baby. Everyone cares about the baby. Nobody gives anything about you. Um, After you've given birth, they might keep you around for a couple days and then you're on your own for six weeks. In between that time, they want to know what's going on with the baby. They want to know about weight, right? They want to know about growth, whatever, like reflexes and stuff. They don't care about you. They don't care what's happening to you. No questions. And then when it comes time for the six-week checkup, they're really only concerned about whether or not you can service your husband again. Really. That's really all they're asking about. Correct. It's really like you cease to exist. And, strangely enough, you're going through such an interesting shift in your own existence that you really do need that foundation of being seen and, you know, and being like reified. And this is the time that you don't get that, the time that you need it the most. It's insane. It's insane. It is. Kelly, Kelly was telling me about, um, a person she talked to, I want to say it was in Palau who, um, was just explaining how steaming is used there. And she was explaining like what the childbirth and postpartum traditions are And I forget what the ceremony is, but after the baby is born, there's just this enormous like outpouring of care and love for the mother. Like they have like a parade and there's just nonsense, like a hundred days of just like massage and like feeding her and bathing her. Um, And it's just, it was, it's just this beautiful thing. And she's just like, well, why do they do that? Is it because like everyone's excited about like, the baby like this new life and the person was like yeah I guess that's part of it <laughs> really they're just so grateful that she survived it that yeah. she lived well, and it just <laughs> both of us were in tears just thinking about that there's a society out there somewhere there's a culture out there somewhere that really cares about the mom <laughs> yeah it's crazy <laughs> <She's alive. laughs> yeah well, the other part of that, which I didn't even occur to me till just now, is bef- like while you're pregnant, the end, it's so much people, oh, what can I do for you? You know, because they now they've turned it into a disability, right? So you're disabled. Okay, fine. Fine. You know, like in the first trimester, if you don't feel well, whatever, at the very end when you're, you know, you can't put your shoes on, fine. But the truth is, it's the after that's, that's the train wreck. It's the after your body been ripped apart, after you've pushed a baby out of your vagina, like it, or you've had a seat, whatever it is, it's after that you need help. And people think like, oh, well, you should just be fine. It's, it's crazy because it's really like they don't give you enough time after and they just expect, well, you should just bounce back. Yeah, it, and that's not how it works. It really takes months and months for, you, you know, like for all of your organs to go back into place. It's not It's not about just losing weight. A lot of people talk about it as, oh, and then you lose the weight and you get your stretch marks out of the way. 
that's the least of your concerns. Yeah. After dating, it really is like I, I, my vulva is unrecognizable. I don't know which hole is what. I, I, I think the swelling is even causing one of or more of the holes to be blocked. I think that's my uterus coming out. Like I, I think it's fallen all the way down my vaginal canal. All of the ligaments in my hips, everything is loose. I can barely, my legs are not under me when I walk, but I'm expected to mm -hmm. carry this baby and all of this baby's things out into the living room to entertain everyone who wants to come see the baby and serve them tea while they hold my baby. And I cannot walk. My back doesn't work. Like, it's just very odd. It is. It's you know, a very odd culture we have. It's so crazy because I have looked to see the most positive in COVID. And being positive, it's been amazing that we haven't had guests. And we haven't had to, ho you know, host people or because I'm, I just got so lucky because I didn't even have to deal with that. And it was so nice to just not have to put that show on. And I know that, you know, they would, your, you know, your in-laws or your friends or whatever say, oh, well, you don't have to. Yeah, but you, you do. Like, I would just rather you not come. Like, yeah. And we honestly have to normalize asking for for help. It's so hard for women, yeah, especially black and brown women to ask for help because we're expected just to do everything and be grateful that we have the opportunity to be everyone's savior mm -hmm. so just being like hey if you come over here these are the things you can do yeah you can hold the baby while i take a bath and you can clean the tub and run my bath for me yeah if you're not willing to do that now is not the time to visit you can come and you can clean my kitchen and prepare meals for me and my husband and baby you can come and change diaper and watch baby while me and my husband sleep yeah you know like just really having like clear cut like if you come over here you may not tax me you may only pour into me and here's what i am accepting as pouring in well and i think it's such an issue that if we do that we're looked at as a bitch like oh well you're needy or you you know and it's like no you that's I just had a baby. Like, what do you want? You know? Yeah, you got to choose between being a bitch and being alive. Yeah. I'll choose bitch every time. Totally. And, and then, you know, like, I'm at an age now where enough of my friends have had babies where they're going to respect it. Like, ooh, I wish I would have done that. Yes, let me come over there and wash dishes. Or, I don't understand this. Let me keep my distance until she's ready to take the baby <laughs> to the park. And I'll meet her there. Fine. We can have that friendship. Fine. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, and you know, I think it goes to having those open lines of communication of, you know what to expect from who, and you're not going to be disappointed, whoever Absolutely. it is. Um, you're going to find this really funny. So I have a dog, we have a dog who, um, we got him, and then a month later I found out I was pregnant. So I was, I was very diligent with training him and making sure that he'd be able to like, you know, be good and not pull and, you know, walk on a leash and do all the stuff. So I actually, because the first two months or so of the baby constantly dropping her pacifier, dropping toys was so hard to, because I had an episiotomy. 
So bending over, picking things up, it was horrible. So I taught him how to pick things up. So now, even now, six months later, he'll still pick up the pacifier, he'll pick up the toys, and he'll push me, like he'll poke me in the back of the leg with it. And it's one of the best things I've ever taught him to do as his trick because it's so, it's literally more helpful than any human that I've come across of him every time. And now he know, he knows the noise of if a little, you know, if something drops, he hears the, like the little and he'll come running and I'll pick it up. And it's the, it's the best. Genius. Yes. He's a little, he is genius. a little genius. No, I'm talking about you oh. <laughs> for having that idea. <laughs> and it, you know, it's, it's, um, it was easy to teach him. So I feel like if you have a little bit of patience, it's goes a long ways. So, um, yeah. so how, how are you dealing with COVID with your practices? So it was really lucky in October of last year, um, I started moving from Atlanta to Los Angeles. So I already had to start a, um, you know, funnel my current local mm -hmm. clients into other steam practitioners and figure out, we moved into a house here that's about half the size of the house we had in Atlanta. So there wouldn't be space for me to take steam clients in the, in the house. So I had to shift from taking in-person clients to doing intake over the phone, oh. creating a detailed protocol for them, and then shipping everything to them, the chair, the custom herbs, the pot, you know, and detailed plan of like, you, you see on these days for this long, with this much heat. And these, this is what you should look for after the first steam. This is what you should notice after the 10th steam, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, and because I had already sort of put that plan together and put it in motion and was doing that, <clears throat> um, basically by January 1st, then it, I turned out, okay, my husband and I had COVID for most of January. So wow. I also really couldn't take clients <clears throat> until February. So, you know, um, I was doing that pretty well in February and March, and then my husband's a touring musician. So March came and he had to come home from the road and it was just me and him in the house. And he was still trying to, he's also a producer, so he was still trying to get work done in the studio. And I was, you know, taking my clients on the phone. And um, I used to offer for my reading clients um, in-person sessions that they like, they could choose between in-person or over the phone. And I just, removed that possibility so that all of them are over the phone yeah and yeah it was i had luckily already just sort of put a plan in place so now basically i do everything over the phone and online and it works great yeah congrats that sounds like it was um just a perfect smooth transition for you anyhow and luckily you know uh, so many people are just terrified of hospitals and doctors right now so my business really like quadrupled, like they just wanted to be able to talk to someone who could tell them what's going on with their bodies. Do I, I have the sniffles? Is it COVID? You know, and I even put together just a little, um, a service called, uh, COVID check, I think it's called. Yeah. And I just ask your body like, yeah, is there COVID in the body? Is there COVID in the household? Is there COVID, you know, and yeah. what is the likelihood that you'll even get sick from it? And what herbs do you need to help fight off, you know, yeah. the illness? So, and then I would just ship out the herbs and 
you know, like it just, it worked out great. I love that it's all so holistic. And I think that things are, you know, going in that direction. They have been for a little while, it seems like, but it's really nice to, to have something like that that you can rely on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then my last thing, because an hour flies by so quick, um, and I know you have it on your on the Instagram of um, this, not on your personal, or maybe it's on your personal one. I don't think it is. I think it's on um, the this the Steam um, Instagram for yeah. side effects, not side effects, um, reasons that you should Steam. Like, could you just because there's a lot of reasons. Um, yeah. and there are things that might seem like side effects, but it's actually your body, you know, cleansing itself. Can you just run through those quickly? Because I'll say, sure. I want to send people there. Cause I think that it's. Sure. So, um, the best way to, uh, to track whether or not your reproductive system is healthy is by your periods and the perfect period, what we like to call the perfect period is four days of medium flow with bright red blood, no cramps, no headaches, no fatigue, no, you know, absent mindedness, no swelling in the extremities, no breast tenderness, no vomiting or nausea. None of that is just part of your period. None of that, all of those things indicate an imbalance and your periods should come every 28 to 30 days. If they come every 27 days or less, that indicates an imbalance. If they come every 31 days or more, that indicates an imbalance, a different type of imbalance. So what steaming can do is bring your body back into sort of perfect balance. And the way that you know that is you're keeping track of your cycles, your period, how long it is, what it feels like. Um, and the kinds of things that result from an imbalanced period include fibroids, include clots, include infertility, um, uh, infections such as uh, BV or yeast infections. Um, steaming can help with HPV. Steaming can help with cysts and polyps and disappearing periods and um, periods that run on for too long, uh, periods that come too close together. Steaming can heal all of these things. I wonder you know, why whatever, like, it's such a, it's like something no one talks about. I mean, luckily more people are talking about it now. But, Thankfully, um, but it's like, mm -hmm. I never heard of it. Like I very briefly heard of that, you know, a girl talking about it and then I, then boom, here it is. And it's like, thankfully, I just don't understand why it's not a little more mainstream. Yeah. I mean, it's getting there and there are cultures where it is mainstream. I lived in, in Seoul, South Korea for three years and that's really where I got into the practice because they just, you know, do it all the time. And I saw market changes in my own period because of it. It was wow. really wonderful. Yeah, that's awesome. That's super helpful. Um, so, well, thank you for your time. Um, are, is there anything else you're working on that you want to share or projects or um, yeah, I'll definitely I mean, include the, you know, your handle and both websites and um, all those click throughs, but anything else? 
Yeah, I can talk briefly about the dream school. So um, at jellyboydphillips.com, of course, you'll see Yoyomi, and that's sort of my shop where you can get steam supplies. Um, I also offer readings, and in there, there's maternal health care readings. There's also pelvic steam consultation readings, and then all kinds of other readings, too, for whatever you need. But I am also just recently started what I call the dream school, which stands for the Damask Rose um, Earth Academy of Mysticism. <laughs> it's so long, I forget sometimes. <laughs> and in that school, I offer classes for people who know that they have some extra sensitivities, like they just know they're a little bit intuitive or a little bit empathic or maybe just highly sensitive. Um, and the classes that I offer in there assist you in understanding how to safely and responsibly grow and develop and use your powers um, in a way that's helpful to you and to the people around you. And you have a few... Um... I know that you have like the energy, the chakra, like you have a few things within that. Do you want to talk yeah. on those real quick? Yeah, those are all those different classes. So I have one class called chakras and that's really like the beginner class, you know, um, it just helps. It's sort of like introduction to the energetic body is really what it is. And I teach about um, the energetic body sort of through the lens of understanding the chakras. My most popular class is called practical intuition. It's really fun and it is exactly what it sounds like. It's just learning how to use your intuition for practical purposes. I have a class coming up next month called unifying the self where uh, we go and just sort of find aspects of ourselves that have been splintered away and bring them back together and reunify ourselves so we can be whole again. A lot of times during trauma, there are aspects of us that get splintered away and then we feel the sort of loss or void and have difficulty healing from that trauma. Mm -hmm. And this is also that I have a class called trauma as well. That's really interesting and really wonderful. Um, and lots more classes to come. I have a million ideas for classes. I have one for learning how to work and heal uh, by accessing the auric field, healing through aura work which is really wonderful. So yeah, that's the dream school. Very, very cool. I love that you're, cause I'm so bouncy and I love that you're like, yeah. like you got <laughs> it. It's something, it definitely is so needed um, because you know, things can get chaotic. So to have that grounder, it's good. Yeah. Um, and I, I also want to just recommend, so for any of the viewers who are interested in what we are talking about around um, having, maybe considering having your baby at home or understanding how to have a more natural birth plan, I really recommend this book right here by Lorena White. It might show up as backwards on there, but okay, no, it's it doesn't. It's good. Natural Pregnancy Guide. Mm -hmm. uh, it's by Dr. Lorena White, who... Um, is an MD, also an acupuncturist, and she has her own birthing center in Maryland. Yeah, okay. She's fantastic, and so she wrote this guide. And it's just a really good jumping off point for information about what your body naturally does and how it works. I will look into it for sure. Um, yeah. Cool, well thank you for all the insight because I think that there's, um, there's just never enough you know, so hopefully this will be a good starting point or um, 
somewhere for people to look and maybe reach out to you, ask questions, look into the steamers, uh, the classes, the school. You have a lot going on. You're a busy, busy lady, so keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. Reach out to me anytime. I'm here. Definitely. Um, yeah. So thank you again for your time and be well and stay well. And, you too. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. My pleasure.